I'm Chelsea, and I love true crime. And I'm David, and I love horror movies. And this is Based on a True Crime. Hi, everyone, and welcome to this week's mini-sode of Based on a True Crime. A little late this week, but I think equally late to last week, so <laughs> hopefully we didn't make you wait too long for a new episode. I do want to start with some thank yous to our new five-star reviewers. Um, There's quite a few because it's actually been a while (laughs) since we last recorded. I want to thank the Crime Girls Pod. Uh, They're actually another podcast that is really great. It's a mother-daughter team talking about true crime. Uh, Kodak2057, Sam C. Simpson, G. Fave, which I think is the host of Married to Murder, but I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure it is. Uh, so we're going to be doing a cross promo with them for our next full episode. But if you want to get a head start and check them out now, you can go for it. Zack Attack, Muppets Mom, Drooling Banjos. Hey, that's a good name. Yeah. yeah. Callie Cat 03, Huntor, who is one of the hosts of Murder and Such, a podcast that I've talked about a couple times. It's um, based in Dayton that I have really been digging and finally uh sammy rizza who is one of the hosts of just another murder podcast which is a really great true crime podcast out of australia so you know thank you so much everybody for the five star reviews we're almost at 30 which just (laughs) blows my mind and you know maybe by the time you hear this we'll be at 30 and i'll be doing a little dance but if we're still at 29 you know you just slip us that 30th review and uh make my day I'm doing a little dance right now. All right. Well, for this week's episode, we decided to do a bit of a theme. This is where the uh, the podcast is going to be based on our true life. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, not quite. <laughs> um, so we are, you know, it's our one year anniversary almost of being married. Our t- Actually, our four year anniversary of our first date. And we are going to New, New Orleans. Orleans. <laughs> yeah. So we were thinking about what kind of stories we can tell. There are just, there's an abundance of just really crazy New Orleans true crime stories. And a lot of them are movies, but we decided to take some characters from American Horror Story Coven, which is one of the seasons that we've seen the other being murder house and at some point we'll get caught up on all of them it's just a lot of tv to watch in addition to our movie viewings that take up so much of our time but i did love coven because it's based in new orleans and a lot of those stories i've been reading about for years and yeah no coven is a lot of fun i really enjoyed it and it was a, a good setup to i guess get the the american horror story concept uh, going yes so i decided to do some background research and talk about delphine lalaurie which is probably one of the most infamous true crime cases to come out of new orleans and david is doing the axe man of new orleans yes which is really the other huge case uh to come out of that city so Let's get started. All 
right. So uh, the Delphine Lalaurie was born Marie Delphine McCarty, which uh, was actually originally McCarthy when her father and his parents came over from Ireland. They changed it to McCarty. And she was born in 1780 in New Orleans, back when it was still Spanish territory. She and her family were prominent members of the white Creole community. And prior to becoming the infamous Delphine Lalaurie, which was after her marriage to Leonard Louis Nicholas Lalaurie in 1825, she was actually married and widowed twice under, as far as I can tell, not suspicious circumstances. (laughs) Um, So she's not a black widow, just terrible in other ways. Leonard Louis Lalaurie was a prominent physician, and he was also much younger than her. You know, there's not a lot known about their relationship. The weird thing about her, she's so infamous that you see a lot of conflicting accounts. So you see stuff like you know, he was very complicit in what she was doing with her slaves, but I've also seen that he was really fed up with what she was doing. Um, but it does seem like he was not super into the marriage from the get-go. He actually wrote a letter to his brother complaining that he had to marry the worst woman in town. Whoa. Yes. Damn. Due to the fact that he could not control his manhood. So I've heard or I've heard I've read that he got her pregnant and that's why he married her. I don't know if that's true. She did not have any kids with him. She had five kids, but they were all from her previous marriages. But, you know, I guess he at least slept with her, and maybe that was just enough that now he had to marry her. In 1831, after six years of marriage, they bought the property at 1140 Royal Street. And by 1932, they had built their infamous two-story mansion there, and attached to the mansion was the slave quarters. So while living in this mansion, they threw very lavish parties and they were considered the bells of New Orleans society. But at the time, she was already gaining some notoriety due to her treatment of her slaves. And the slaves were observed to be, quote, singularly haggard and wretched. The rumors were widespread enough that a lawyer was actually sent to the mansion to remind them of local laws against the mistreatment of slaves. Sometime in 1832, a neighbor actually observed Delphine Lalaurie chase a 12-year-old girl named Leah, who was one of her slaves, with a whip and basically chased her off the roof of the house. To avoid punishment, the girl jumped off the roof of the house and died. And this happened because when the girl was combing Delphine Lalaurie's hair, it hit a snag. Which, how is that even the girl's fault? Man, Kathy (laughs) Bates is really temperamental. I know. Oh, wait. (laughs) Sorry, Uh, confusing the two. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. Um, They said her body was either buried on the grounds of the mansion, or I also read that it had been thrown into a well. So the authorities were called, and there was an investigation which concluded that the... Uh, Delphine Lalaurie was guilty of illegal cruelty to slaves, which some of this kind of blows my mind because, I mean, isn't the very idea of slavery incredibly cruel? 
But anyway, as a result of the investigation, she was forced to give up nine of her slaves. But of course, they were purchased by family and friends and then just given back to her. So on April 10th, 1834 is when you know, the truth kind of came to light. So a fire broke out at Delphine's mansion and Delphine Lalaurie was able to escape with many of her belongings and a lot of the neighbors were gathering and seeing the fire and they could hear you know people still in the building slaves still in the building and they wanted to go in and you know help them get out and clear the building but Delphine and her husband refused to give the keys to bystanders so they went into the mansion and they broke down the door to the slave quarters and they found something unexpected. (laughs) So for this, I'm going to switch over to uh, an article from the New Orleans Bee, which was contemporary. So this article was published April 11th of 1834, which was the day after the fire. And it says, quote, upon entering one of the apartments, the most appalling spectacle met their eyes. Seven slaves, more or less, horribly mutilated, were seen suspended by the neck, with their limbs apparently stretched and torn from one extremity to the other. Language is powerless and inadequate to give a proper conception of the horror which a scene like this must have inspired. We shall not attempt it, but leave it rather to the reader's imagination to picture what it was. Whew. (laughs) Yes. And the fire had actually been started by the Lollery's cook who is a 70 year old woman that was kept chained to the stove and she was trying to commit suicide because she said that she was afraid of punishment and the punishment consisted of being brought to a room in the mansion where no one comes back from so Uh, so ghastly and awful in every single way Um, and the citizens were furious they formed an angry mob, and they were calling for the Lollery's death. She and her family were able to escape in a waiting carriage, and they fled the city and the country. And she is believed to have died in Paris in 1842. So, no justice. No justice at all. Yeah. But the mob did end up entering the house, and they completely ransacked it. So, here's another excerpt from an article that was published on April 12th of 1832. The article read, quote, Nearly the whole of the edifice is demolished, and scarcely anything remains but the walls, which the popular vengeance have ornamented with various writings expressive of their indignation and the justness of their punishment. So I love that. I guess they just went in and tagged the whole place with nasty writings. Yeah. Um, so that's the story of the Lollery Mansion time and the infamy of the case has led to some exaggerations although who knows the article said you know they weren't going to describe everything and it's just the worst thing you could picture so you know with some time some of the worst things that people have pictured are let's see a woman whose limbs were all broken and she was put in a box and they healed all bent out of shape like a crab I read that as something there's a lot of like almost medical experiments which contemporary writing does not support that that was a thing that happened but they said you know they're 
stomachs were cut open and their intestines were tied around their waist like belts. They said that someone had their mouth filled with excrement and sewn shut. So these are all you know, not, not corroborated, but very often passed around rumors or whatever about what was in the room. But either way, it was terrible. The slaves who were in the room that survived, they brought to the jail and kind of had them on display. They said 4,000 people came and, you know, witnessed the atrocities for themselves. You know, I don't know if that was good for the abolitionist cause or, or something, but yeah, that's the story. The mansion is still there. It's very impressive from the outside, from what I can recall. I was kind of across the street and there was a ghost tour walking by it, which is how I knew I was at the right place. But it was purchased by Nicolas Cage in 2007 for $3.45 million. That seems pretty affordable, actually. But two years later, Nick got foreclosed upon. Yeah, it's because he bought that first appearance of Superman comic book for like $5 million or something. Poor Nicolas Cage. He's really broke. It's the Lollary curse, maybe. (laughs) Yeah, shouldn't have bought that house, Nick Cage. Shouldn't have bought that house. So yeah, uh, R.I.P. Nick Cage's bank account. You don't say. (laughs) And we are super excited to check out the house when we're in New Orleans. It's owned by someone, some like oil executive. They say that they'll occasionally be out on the porch, but when they see a ghost tour coming, they like run inside and hide. No (laughs) one's allowed inside the house. So in American Horror Story... You know, there's a tour that goes inside the house that is not a thing that exists. It's an actual person's residence. Also, fun fact, they didn't even film the outside of the house for the show. They actually filmed the outside of a house down the street. And the inside was the inside of another museum in New Orleans. Interesting. All right. Cool. Yep. Man. <laughs> yep. That's a tale of cruelty beyond that imagination is... in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Worst stuff you can imagine. I think that that excrement lips sewn shut might be the worst thing i can imagine yeah yeah definitely i mean i just have to talk about a dude that killed people with an axe so that's kind of boring now right yeah pretty much i think so all right take it over david (laughs) well the axeman of new orleans was active between may of 1918 and october of 1919 so over a year of activity and he murdered between six and ten people and then injured also another, well, it's it's under 10 people were um, injured during that time. And, uh, of course, when you think of someone called the Axeman of New Orleans, guess what his murdering implement was? Is it an axe? It's an axe, and it's also a straight razor. So, oh, yeah. 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 Um, the other tool that he carried was a chisel. And the kind of odd or interesting thing about that is his signature was as he would break in with the chisel, he would then leave both that and the murder weapon on the floor near the door. So he would was not motivated by like robbery or anything. Um, he never took anything from the victim's homes. So and he was never caught. So there's really no known motivation. However, there are these two criminologists. Colin and Damon Wilson, and their hypothesis is that the Axemen killed male victims only when they obstructed his attempts to murder women. And that's supported by the murder cases in which the woman of the household was murdered, but not the man. There's the more romantic, I guess, (laughs) uh, theory, and that's that um, 
he committed the murders to promote jazz music. And <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how you arrive at that like connection to like, well, I know music. how they got the connection, but I think that's well, ridiculous. Yeah, we'll ta- we'll talk about that. But I mean, yeah. like if it were me, I, I mean, not that I'm like an ax murderer, yeah. but it's, I don't Sounds know. like a great way to promote the podcast. Just write to the newspaper. Yeah. Anyone who's playing based on a true crime. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. No, that's a terrible idea. That's a brilliant idea. He's <laughs> marketing around that. Um, uh, but yeah, so it's like in his letter, which I'll read and uh, here in a minute, but it was just, um, he stated that he would spare the lives of, of people who played jazz music in their homes. So this letter that was um, supposedly from the Axeman was published in local newspapers on March 13th of 1919. One of the weird like things that may mean this is true uh, is that uh, that night all of New Orleans dance halls were filled to capacity. So they're like completely packed and a bunch of also like Amateur bands played parties at houses all through New Orleans, and there were zero murders that night. So I'm going to go ahead and read the Axeman's letter, and it's from Hell, March 13th of 1919. Esteemed mortal of New Orleans, they have never caught me and they never will. They have never seen me, for I am invisible, even as the ether that surrounds your earth. I am not a human being, but a spirit and a demon from the hottest hell. I am what you Orleanians and your foolish police call the Axeman of Notre Dame. When I see fit, I shall come and claim other victims. I alone know whom they shall be. I shall leave no clue except my bloody axe, besmeared with blood and brains, and of he whom I have sent below to keep me company. If you wish, you may tell the police to be careful not to wrestle my jimmies. Of course, I am a reasonable spirit. I take no offense at the way they have conducted their investigations in the past. In fact... They have been so utterly stupid as to not only amuse me, but his satanic majesty, Francis Joseph, etc. But tell them to beware. Let them not try to discover who I am, for it were better that they were never born than to incur the wrath of the great Axeman. I don't think there is any need of such a warning, for I feel sure the police will always dodge me as they have in the past. They are wise and know how to keep away from all harm. Undoubtedly, you Orleanians think of me as a most horrible murderer, which I am, but I could be much worse if I wanted to. Trust me, bucko. If I wished, I could pay a visit to your city every night. At will, I could slay thousands of your best citizens, and the worst, for I am in close relationship with the angel of death herself. Now to be exact, at 12.15 earthly time on next Tuesday night, I am going to pass over New Orleans. In my infinite mercy, I am going to make a little proposition to you people. Here it is. I am very fond of jazz music, and I swear by all the devils in my nether regions that every person shall be spared in whose home a jazz band is in full swing at the time I have just mentioned. If everyone has a jazz band going, well, then, so much the better for you people. One thing is certain, and that is that some of your people who do not jazz it out on that specific Tuesday night, if there be any, will get the axe. My axe. Well as I am cold and crave the warmth of my native Tartarus, and it is about time I leave your earthly home, I will cease my discourse, hoping that thou wilt publish this, that it may go well with thee. I have been, am, and will be the worst spirit that ever existed, either in fact, or realm, or fancy. Deuces, the Axeman. I think that that might be one of my favorite murderer communications with the public or media or police like ever i was just so like old timey 
I like that he uses the word bucko. Yeah. No, I know. Is that you, Grandpa? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. God, I really loved reading that, too. Yeah, you sounded awesome. <laughs> I was like, should I be sinister or should I just like read it? I don't know. It was perfect. I am very fond of jazz music. No, oh, God. Like- <laughs> Do that one for our Zodiac episode. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. Wow. But um, no, that I agree. That's like pretty awesome. Yeah. 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 It kind of like makes me wonder if that was even him. <laughs> it would be pretty crazy if it wasn't. No, I know. But it's just. And I mean, there's I guess there's not really any way to tell. It's not like Zodiac where, you know, he sent letters with the piece of the shirt of the murder victim to kind of prove it so yeah maybe it really was just advertisement for some jazz halls i i don't know but you know i think you're right i i believe that it's him it's just so bizarre it's really bizarre Um, also from hell isn't that a movie yeah well you know the similarities between he and jack the ripper they were unsolved uh murders no perpetrator identified although they were a lot closer and a lot more theories about who did it um with jack the ripper of course that is true so rather than going to each of the victims um and how they were murdered themselves just know that they were either bashed on the head or anyway they ended up with some axe murdering really it was like slit throats axe murdering yes i i've listened to a few podcasts about it i think like one of the first victims it was a slit throat with a straight razor that belonged to the guy's brother and they thought maybe the brother did it until it turned out to be this pattern of a serial killer and his mo was you know using weapons that were already in the house so he didn't actually bring an axe with him but it was back in a time when really everyone had an axe in their house i mean who like the way everyone now has like a hammer or a screwdriver um i don't think we have an axe in the house do we Uh oh Uh, do we (laughs) it's in the basement oh no oh god (laughs) no no axe just a chainsaw in the basement wait no (laughs) and it's in the tool shed yeah. Along with the Freddy glove. Wait, no, we have a Freddy glove. We, yeah, Freddy glove is the one we actually have. Yeah. Of course. Yep, we do. Um, but yeah, so, you know, that I I don't know. I think that's, it's a really it's interesting. Creepy. It's creepy. It's creepy. It feels more like a ghost story than a true story, but it is a true story. No, I mean, a lot of the papers at the time refer to him as like New Orleans's boogeyman, like yeah. real boogeyman, yeah. you know, like, and I can't imagine at the time, like knowing whether or not he was going to appear at your house or not. And like, just that like terror of playing jazz music. <laughs> like if, I, I mean, live with that terror every day. Welcome to being a, a woman. <laughs> Well, like yeah. <laughs> everyone is the enemy <laughs> yeah yeah um man yeah, yeah that's so, a crazy story yeah so not caught um like you mentioned some podcasts i have covered it uh there was a episode 60 of my favorite murder had yes their oh i listened to that one and they also talk about in that one i guess there's i forget it was so the murders were in like eight, 1918 yeah. Is there's a picture from sometime a little bit after the murder of like some really creepy looking dude, I think on like a boat that had an axe and they're like, it's the axe man fleeing New Orleans or something. I don't know. There's, there are weird theories. Not as many as Jack the Ripper, obviously, but I feel like one of the theories is that he is Jack the Ripper. No, that's H.H. H. Holmes. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Which I think has just been disproven through DNA. So. Hey. Maybe this anyway. Is a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, but really, the lesson here is to just play jazz music all the time. Yeah, I'm going to play it <laughs> the rest of the night. Yep. yep. Yeah. Play it every night that we're in New Orleans. Exactly. Keep the boogeyman at bay. Yep, that's true. 
Um, all right. Well, that's that's a. I I really just wanted to focus on his letter and just kind of the establish. That's his like character. the best part. Yep. Yeah. I favorite. think you did an excellent job. Ah, Your second you. time researching true crime. Woohoo! <laughs> Congratulations. Oh, I think you. Your third time, you get a lollipop. Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess we should talk a little bit about now the show also, which it's not quite fresh in my memory. It's not like the movies where you know we watch it. We tend to watch it the week that we record. So we're not going to do a recap, but we could talk a little bit about it or just about American Horror Story in general and kind of what it's been doing to rejuvenate the the horror scene especially on television there are not many horror television shows and i mean my my mind was blown by especially the first season that was good you know i feel like i'm gonna even though i love coven i'm like i feel like i might end up talking more about the first season well and coven. we had we didn't watch it as it came out right because um, no we waited until it was all on netflix and by yeah. the time we watched on netflix there were like four other seasons already up yeah, like Hotel was already going. Yeah, so. yeah. Mm-hmm. I did. We have kind of picked and chosen our American horror story viewing. But we started with Murder House and it was so disturbing <laughs> in, in a way. Like, I, don't, I feel like I don't get easily disturbed by either horror movies or true crime movies. At least not really anymore. I don't know what that means for me. But um, I remember the scene where the guy in the leather suit first shows up and just actually had to turn it off and I think I waited like three months and then watched it again and actually you know made it through all of it um, it's pretty intense horror I mean it's, it's really graphic and yeah um, just yeah yeah I, I mean if you're into horror tv shows and you have not somehow seen any of the American horror stories I I recommend like, them what other hard TV shows are there at this point? Well, there's Scream. Well, Scream King, Queen, Walking Dead. Scream Queens Scream got Queens canceled. Was terrib- but I mean, a lot I don't want to say. Like, like, yeah, it was not for me. I don't no, want to say it's it terrible, but either. it wasn't for me. There's um. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know if Sleepy Hollow was considered like a horror TV show. It's gone I watched, now. Like, but the first season of it. Eh. There, yeah, Walking Dead, like you said slasher slasher was pretty good we like scream exorcist i mean um i did really like scream yeah, and exorcist. i love yeah. the scream show yeah but i do feel like do you kind of feel like um, i mean besides walking dead which feels kind of different to me you know american horror story i think has really done a lot to make horror accessible and popular uh, you know i think a lot of people watch that that you know maybe don't consider themselves horror fans that's a great point totally, but yeah. are really into the series but yeah so we we watched murder house first and then we skipped over the nun one whatever that second one was and we went to coven which is the third season um you know i love that it was set in new orleans as i've said but prior to the show i have been a, a bit of a fan of new orleans true crime i'm very excited for the american crime story about Addie hall but i think that they've just pushed it back and now it's not going to be their second season do the, uh, Menin- Men- oh no, that's that's, that's Law and Order. Law and Order, yeah. Menendez brothers. Oh. Menendez. Yeah, but Man, I can't say that name. No, they pushed it back. They're doing uh, Versace before they're gonna do the their New Orleans one. Oh right, which that's I'm I mean, very excited that. for. <laughs> but um, but yeah, so we we did Coven next because we've heard such great things about it and New Orleans. <laughs> I was just reading. We were talking about like oh New Orleans true crime, and I was like oh my gosh. Th- 
I was like, I have to read about that story that I heard, you know, a bunch of years ago about the Sultan's house, like the Sultan's palace. I'm like, what was that story? Where it was like an entire, like a Sultan and his whole harem were living in this house in New Orleans. And one night, one stormy night, they were like all killed. And someone walked by and saw blood dripping down the stairs and like called the police. And I, I remembered a lot of this story. And then it turns out none of it's true. I was very disappointed. Oh, but, no. But at least we have Delphine Lollery and the Axeman. Played who, by yeah, Delphine is played by Kathy Bates, yeah. who is amazing. I've loved her since Titanic. And I was just a, a wee lass at 10 in love with Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, I've loved her since Misery. <laughs> She's a poopy head. Which I still or have duty not. duty head or whatever it is. I still have not seen Misery someday my uh my mom and i watched that and we were like kind of scarred by it when i was a kid but it's a really good movie Um, really great stephen king adaptation but yeah so kathy bates she's like really forever sealed as um not only annie from that but as uh as delphine as well she was she she plays a good villain so because i had not seen misery i had not you know, seen her in a villainous role. She was the unsinkable Molly Brown <laughs> in Titanic. Oh, that's right. Yeah. 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 She's great. Yeah. No, no. She was, she was really great, but it's not like she's playing a likable character. She, no so. way. No. Um, Although I will say sometimes, I mean, she doesn't have like a, her, she does have an arc and there are moments where you're almost like, maybe she's going to redeem herself and then she never does. She doesn't, but, no. but it gives you like little like teases yeah. that she might. Yeah. Which actually one of the other stories I was thinking that we should have researched and talk about was Marie Laveau is there's a lot of you know, characters in this season that are based on real people. Uh, so obviously Marie Laveau is very famous you know, voodoo queen, voodoo priestess. Yeah. But we did not talk about her because Angela Bassett. we talked about criminals instead yes yeah she's so good though oh my god she's amazing yes yeah i love her i feel like she's absolutely the one that you're you're rooting for and then i mean they all wind up in hell anyway spoiler alert and then you're we're all rooting against uh jessica lang's uh fiona oh but i still love her no she does because because that leads us into the axe man oh yes her (laughs) love interest i guess yeah, played demon, by Demon Ghost. No, well, yeah, I mean he's like yeah, <laughs> kind of, it, yeah, yep. And uh, Danny Houston uh, plays the Axe Man, who, if you have seen Wonder Woman, he's, which we just watched last night, we, again, well, again, again. Yeah, obviously um, we saw it in theaters. Yeah, because we're nerds. Yeah, and he's General uh, Lundendorf. He's the one that um, is uh, maybe Hades. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, maybe Hades. Spoiler alert: He's not. It's Aries. I mean, <laughs> he's definitely not Hades. Yeah, he's definitely Jeez, not Hades. I'm getting all my like. That's the Axe Man. Oh wait, people yeah. mixed up. Yeah, uh, you know. Okay. Yeah, but no, he's he is great in it. I mean, he he definitely. I feel like he has that villain face. Yeah, bad guy. He's a bad guy in a superhero movie, so you know he can play a good bad guy, and he's great in the show. He's like the vibe he gives off. You know, he's very believable as like almost like a romantic i guess oh yeah it's, no that's yeah. a good way to put it yeah i was i was kind of struggling to how to describe that but that was yeah. great i think i agree yeah i think it's like he gives like a a sadness to the yeah. role um but he's also yeah. very threatening yes at the same time but i feel like that's you know, if you're filling the role or if you're casting the person who wrote that letter you know, he does seem believable as that he's like intelligent and just creepy and he just wants to fish or whatever right <laughs> yeah. it's a live in a cabin yeah 
and fish. I do sometimes like, I don't know what it is about him in particular. Maybe it's because he's like an older, distinguished looking white gentleman. Do you kind of confuse him with Ray Wise? Because yeah. I do too. Yeah. Are you reading my brain? I am. <laughs> How? That's pretty Yes. Yes. I also confuse him with Ray Wise. I don't think he actually looks much like Ray Wise, but no. like there's something. Yeah. Yeah. No, there is. I don't know. And if you haven't seen that Beach House music video with Ray Weiss lip syncing the song. Oh, that's incredible. Go do yourself a favor and watch that. Yeah, please do. Because it's it's really good. The other, um, I mean, since we're talking about like getting people confused um with other actors that are like totally wait how is that something that we're talking about right Uh, now i guess we're not talking about it no no let's talk about it the bad guy in the fugitive speaking of true crime yeah um it's like is he actually a serial killer no 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 but the the actor that's like ends up being the doctor that frames richard kimball yeah uh, harrison ford's character his name he's an actor named uh jaron crabbe and he also looks like he's like the baby that was show me a picture he looks more <laughs> like Danny Houston than he does Ray Wise, but <laughs> if you can visualize yeah. it, yeah. Yeah, no, I can see it. Chelsea's looking at a picture, so I know we can't really explain yeah. that very well on the podcast. But anyway, long story short is um, he does a good job. Yes, yes. Anyway, I can't really talk much about the show because it has actually been a really long time since I watched it. But anyway, we tried watching American Horror Story Hotel. We watched past the first episode, but I do want to go back and watch it because I've heard that there are some true crime connections that get revealed at the end. Ooh, very well. And that hotel itself is has a very large history. It's ba- I mean, it's is based it, on the is it based on the Cecil Hotel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh my gosh, I was just listening to a podcast that was gosh the Cecil Hotel. So it's Elisa Lamb. The girl who mysteriously died and showed up in the water tank. Yep. Ramirez stayed there. Yeah. And there are more, but I can't remember. There's a ton. I was just yeah. reading about it like about a month or two ago. Yeah. It's, it's like crazy. Yeah. But but American they renamed it. It has a different name or something. Yeah. They have like a cat bellhop now to make it friendly and not haunted. <laughs> or maybe not. Maybe I'm totally making that up. Yeah. I would totally stay there. If I was in town, we're staying at a creepy haunted hotel in New Orleans, too. <laughs> of course. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where should we stay? Google's haunted hotel. Oh. Yeah. No, Why not? So maybe we'll have some stories yeah. for you guys next time. That's right. So if you listen to the show in order, um, this will all make sense. If you're listening to that order, <laughs> yes. you're going to be like, what is going on? I don't know. But that's tough. Yeah. Anyway, let's wrap this up because it's a mini sode. And also I want to go drink more Schlafly pumpkin beer and eat my sushi. All right. Sounds good. Well, that's right. uh, some tie-ins from New Orleans and American Horror Story Coven. And find us on social media. Instagram at Based on a True Crime. Twitter true crime based facebook based on true crime podcast and keep those reviews coming on itunes yes i know it might sound like we have a million reviews but that's only because i haven't read them out in a long time so i could actually use another hit of them reviews (laughs) yeah we appreciate your feedback honestly it it really helps us improve it also makes us feel more confident with every episode so we can bring all of you another quality uh recording yeah So um, I didn't actually mention it yet, but due to our trip to New Orleans, there will not be a new episode next week. But starting the week afterwards in October, 
we will be doing a bunch of awesome spooky Halloween themed episodes and the plan is if we could pull it off we're gonna give you two episodes every week so actually do a full episode every Monday and then later on in the week be releasing a little mini-sode which will probably be more of like a straight up horror movie that you know we could just talk about some fun real life connections so Chucky um and that's the only one we're gonna tease you with that's Ah, that's the only one all right all right stay tuned you guys and remember death is but a door and time is but a window we'll be back (laughs) 